Teachings that do not speak of pain have no meaning, because humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return. In alchemy, to obtain something, something of equal value must be lost. This is Equivalent Exchange. Welcome to Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about Fullmetal Alchemists by Hiromu Arakawa. I'm Kayla. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kazem. Woo. And t- <laughs> oh, is it too early to woo? <laughs> <laughs> Just really excited about Cosmo being here. I'm really excited. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Today we're going to be discussing chapters 76 and 77. Woo. Now you can woo. <laughs> yeah, I'm also excited about that. <laughs> uh, but first, I believe we have an announcement. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, I yeah. forgot. <laughs> yes, our exciting announcement is that we, Kayla, Cosmo, and I, a couple weeks ago, recorded as um, guests hosts on an episode of full metal analysts which is an fma brotherhood podcast and we watched and discussed episode 45 of fma brotherhood and that episode comes out on june 16th and the content of that episode of the anime if you haven't been watching the anime which i assume most people who listen to this haven't but if you wanted to catch up and you wanted to listen into that episode it will cover up to chapter 83 of the manga um which is the content that's going to come out. It's like the same content as the episode that comes out that week. There's the later in the week. So that uh, mm-hmm. the guest episode we were on comes out the 16th of June. Our episode will come out the 19th of June. So it's like right on time. It's perfect. <laughs> you can read all the way up to 83 and then you can listen to that. Listen to us talk about the anime content <laughs> and then listen to us talk about the manga again. Mm-hmm. Three days mm-hmm. later or something like that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. will put a, I'll put a link to the show in the description you can check it out if you are interested in watching brotherhood or have been watching brotherhood or whatever so it was good times yeah we had fun so it should be a, a we good had fun episode. we argued with yep. them <laughs> Cosm trolled them really good guys <laughs> did such a, i was <laughs> excited i wonder if they'll cut any of those things that we just said but whatever oh <laughs> let's hope not i don't think they'll <laughs> cut you trolling them because that was good <laughs> Yeah. I don't think they'll cut us arguing with them either. If they cut us yeah. arguing, I don't think there's much content left. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also, there was like a significant difference between something that happened in the manga and the anime. So we were helpful in our knowledge of the mm-hmm. manga, mm-hmm. which was interesting for yeah. once, I guess. So knowing the manga, knowing something about manga helped us in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In another like, isolated incident involving it's like Japanese you were wrong, media. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Dad. <laughs> I'm not wasting my life reading manga and making a podcast about it. I mean... <laughs> so yeah, anyway, you should listen to the episode. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. And um by then we'll be about in about the same place in the manga, so you won't be like spoiled or anything if you watch up to that point in the in the anime. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yay. And it's a couple weeks away, so you can read ahead if you want and then prep. Yeah. That's why I announced it now. Do your homework. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, good times, guys. Mm-hmm. I want to say one thing about last time before we start. This is really <laughs> random. Oh, yeah. So I was editing the episode, and I realized that we didn't talk about... One thing we didn't talk about at all was... Or, like, one thing that struck me while I was listening to it was that the homunculus in the in the flask gives Hohenheim knowledge and whatever, and it's kind of, like... It reminded me of, like, the Garden of Eden and stuff. We didn't talk about how there's any, like, Christian overtones oh. at all in any of that. <laughs> like oh we should have probably talked about that and i I just (laughs) felt like we missed it and i just wanted to mention it it was just an editing thought oh and Um, i was weak (laughs) (laughs) he got kicked out of the garden of xerxes (laughs) and then like the homunculus becomes father and whatever it's very you know yeah i think we talked before about all the different and varied um esoteric bullshit and religious um things that are in this and so it reminded me of that and Mm -hmm. that's all i wanted to say 
as an addendum to last time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And I will say that the fact that we didn't talk about religion is just further proof that we're heathens. <laughs> <laughs> we had an opportunity right. and we didn't. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we, had, we have an opportunity this time to talk about other, other, uh, like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what would you call it? Like, other, other. <laughs> well, they like they mentioned uh, Rasayana, which is like, um, mm-hmm. I don't even know. The Jewish New Year's? No, 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 no. You oh, think okay. of Rosh Hashanah? You... Okay, I just thought I just thought maybe you didn't pronounce it right. No. <laughs> just... hmm? It sounds Hindu. It um... it's a Sanskrit word. Listen to Wikipedia. It's a Sanskrit word meaning the uh, path of essence. It's an early Ayurvedic medical <laughs> term referring to techniques for lengthening lifespans and invigorating the body. So it's like oh, the okay. um like Indian alternative medicine, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> since the Indian Did Medical Association characterizes the practice of medicine by Ayurvedic practitioners as quackery, <laughs> that's what Wikipedia <laughs> says. Is that the legal term? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's in Wikipedia. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, but anyway, yeah, there were some terms that uh, Hohenheim <laughs> mentioned. That was one of them. So yeah, we could talk about that. And and if they say it's quackery, then we know it's esoteric bullshit. But mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. That's what Wikipedia says. Yeah. <laughs> So did you spend like two hours trying to figure out like two out? hours <laughs> i spent literally five minutes i like uh typed it into google and i read the i briefly read on wikipedia mm-hmm. and that was it because... yeah i basically skim over that part in my summary i was just like they talk a lot they talk... about golden immortality <laughs> i mean it only becomes yeah. important for them assembling the yeah the notes but yeah they i think i don't know and i didn't look at the japanese so i don't know if they actually like that's what specifically the the things were like that's if that's what the terms were specifically or if they substituted them for something I think another more esoteric and... translation i looked at also had the term rasayana in it. yeah could be there but anyway it's alternative indian alternative medicine mm-hmm. for um more life extension tools mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my favorite um thing from these is that um what's the the official English translation for chapter 77 is something like, the tables are turned, a new transmutation circle. Um, really? But when I looked at, called it like, turnabout transmutation, which is like the terms they use in um, Phoenix Wright games for <laughs> the uh, different mm. trials, like turnabout whatever. And I looked up the Japanese and it is called like, Yakutan no whatever <laughs> the word for transmutation circle is, which is the um, oh. the series in Japanese is called Yakutan Saiban. Oh, Phoenix, right? Mm. Which means like turnabout court or something. Oh. Mm. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the title in the the title of that chapter in the Full Metal Edition is Transmutation Turnabout, which kind of sounds like a, a Mario Party game, mini game. <laughs> 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 you know. Uh, but yeah, anyway, this time we're talking about chapters seventy six <laughs> and seventy seven. Woo. Still? Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, we haven't talked about them yet. Yeah. yeah, I finally um, picked up the newest Full Metal Edition, but only halfway through my notes. So if there's inconsistencies <laughs> between Chapter seventy six and Chapter seventy seven, that's why. <laughs> Did you like stroke the cover like um um um? Think of my precious. Um, yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was trying to think of um, uh, Doctor Evil and his cat, like Doctor Evil no. his cat, <laughs> Mister Bigglesworth. <laughs> I was trying to remember both of those things not fast enough, but my precious works too. Mm-hmm. 
So yes, you did. Yes. 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 There was someone else in the aisle with me, so I had to kind of like you know just sort of vibrate on the inside with how happy <laughs> I was to have seen it. <laughs> you didn't go yes uh, like <laughs> quietly to yourself with the other person <laughs> there. You were in the nerd aisle. That's a safe space. <laughs> what were they looking at? More manga or something else? They were looking at manga. I don't know what. Okay, there you though. go. <laughs> That's fine. It could have been you, listener. Were you looking at manga recently, wherever Caleb went to the bookstore? <laughs> so yeah, we'll do our usual uh, summary recap and then uh, discuss it beyond what we've already discussed. What, what happened, Cosm? Oh, I've I've uh, <laughs> changed my setup a bit, so my mic is like right in front of me now. That's it's good. not right over my computer, so hopefully it doesn't sound so windy. No, your voice sounds loud, which is good. And then, uh, but it's like right in front of me, so... It's, if I move my hands you. too much, it, yeah, no, I can bump it. You can't gesticulate. <laughs> exactly. Now you're a professional. <laughs> you have to just gesticulate to the sides. Act with yeah. your act with your face, <laughs> not your arms. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to start. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't know. At this point, we've we've had a lot of segues, and we've already me and you and Cosmo have already been talking for an hour and a half. So I think that's just, oh goodness. I think it's just the vibe today. So, <laughs> but I think we can start with a summary. Okay. We may be interrupting, though. <clears throat> it's Gemini well, season, I would expect guys. nothing less. <laughs> Chapter 76 opens with Ed talking about the Philosopher's Stone. He lists off its many names and also explains that it comes in many forms as well. Marco's was partially liquid, while the one Kimberly has is a small crystal. The stone wields tremendous power, enough to allow whoever possesses it to transmute without a circle. Miles and his men ponder if they could take it away from Kimberly somehow, while one remarks on how small the stone is for how much power it has. I've never seen one bigger than a pebble, Ed says. To make a bigger Philosopher's Stone, they need to sacrifice countless lives. That's something I hope to never see. From there we cut fittingly over to Hohenheim and the Curtises for a moment. Izumi and Sig look at Hohenheim in shock, taking in his confession that he, himself, is a human Philosopher's Stone. Much bigger than a pebble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The shape of a person. Yeah. <laughs> or is it the shape of a stone? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. That's the title of the chapter. <laughs> we name dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have been able to come up with that joke on my own. I need help. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we're back up north. The blizzard has passed over, and Miles is preparing his snipers to deal with Kimberly and his men. They must be neutralized neatly and quietly, no loose ends. The idea of killing them doesn't sit well with Ed, who suggests just incapacitating Kimberly's alchemy to capture him and make him talk. You really think he'll tell us anything? Miles points out skeptically. He's too dangerous. We can't let him live. What about his men? Ed asks. Maybe they were turned into chimeras against their will and have no choice but to follow orders. Maybe so, Miles says, but maybe isn't good enough. Don't forget the first law of Briggs. Only the fit survive. One of these days, that soft heart of yours is going to get you killed. Ed flinches and looks down, and Miles continues. Like Major General Armstrong always says, careless people aren't welcome in this land. If Kimberly and the other two let their guard down, I'll have them eliminated. He leaves Ed standing there looking conflicted and heads down the hall. One of the other Briggs soldiers follows and remarks that Ed is still just a kid after all. He's naive to think he can survive in this world without killing anyone. But there was a time, sir, when I felt the same way, the soldier says. Miles smiles and admits he did too. But when he's lived as long as I have and seen as many battles, he'll understand how much harder it is to spare a life than to kill. The Elric brothers have chosen the more difficult path. The other soldier laughs and notes that they seem to do that a lot, and Miles smiles again, this time looking wistful. Yeah, and in a way, I envy them. 
Meanwhile, in the mining tunnels under Baskul, the group has paused for a bit for Marco, Scar, and May to go over Scar's brother's notebook, much to the confusion of the non-alchemists in the party. <laughs> With some translation help from Scar, Marco realizes that the notes seem highly focused on two topics, gold and immortality. May suggests that this is because of Scar's brother being influenced by Shini's alkahestry. In Sheen, immortal beings are considered perfect souls, just like gold is considered the perfect metal, so immortals are often referred to as beings of gold. Of course, there's another theory for that term's origin. The person who brought alchemy to Sheen in the legends was an immortal being with golden hair and eyes. Winry smiles at that. Golden hair and eyes. Sounds like Ed and Al. The alchemy club meeting is interrupted by Yoki's return, announcing that he's found the exit. They all rush out into the sunlight, happy to be out of the mountains, though the snowdrifts here are especially deep. The big chimeras offer their assistance here, with Sampano allowing May to ride on his shoulders, and Gerso telling everyone to follow behind them so they can stomp the snow down flat first. A distant voice cries out for attention while they discuss this plan, and eventually Winry notices and turns her head, only to find Al's foot sticking out of the snow as his muffled <laughs> voice continues to call for help. <laughs> Is that you, Al? Winry cries out, immediately rushing to try and dig him out. I'm saved, Al cries when he finally breaks loose. I fell into a snowdrift, got buried. Winry anxiously asks him what he's even doing out here, and Al explains the sudden change in command at Briggs, and why he had to cross through the blizzard to reach them. Then we need to find another place to hide, Winry begins, and Scar rather sharply asks where else they can go. Al doesn't have an answer to that, but he changes the subject and spreads some quick cheer by distributing the rations and winter gear he brought tucked into his chestplate. Are you sure this is all right, Al? Winry asks. Won't Mr. Kimberly and his men get suspicious if you just disappear? Don't worry, Big Brother's got that covered. And we cut back to Baskell, where Ed is calmly standing next to Al, as everyone is assigned to search groups to look through the town for Scar. Miles orders his squad to move out, and Al quickly stands and says, Aye, sir. Hey, hey, Alphonse, you're supposed to say, Okay, Ed quickly corrects. <laughs> and the poor Briggs soldier inside the fake Al suit complains that it's hard enough just to move around in this thing without <laughs> trying to talk like a kid. <laughs> Just do your best, Ed says, unsympathetically. <laughs> the man puts on his best 14-year-old boy voice and calls out, Wait for me, big brother, as he totters <laughs> unsteadily after Ed. <laughs> as the teams head out, Miles and his men discuss what happens next. Kimberly is apparently planning to enter the tunnels through the large vertical shaft in the middle of town, and he plans to only bring his two men from Central, since he doesn't trust the northern troops. Miles realizes that he must be on to them, and he orders his snipers to head them off and take up positions near the mineshaft. When they get to the mineshaft, Kimberly tells his men to search around for footprints in the snow, then smirks as he hears Ed approach behind him. If you're here, I must be searching in the right place. Ed tries to claim that he's only there because Kimberly promised him the Philosopher's Stone in exchange for his help finding Scar, but Kimberly doesn't buy it. You're here to buy time until the snipers move into position, aren't you? Ed looks surprised, then narrows his eyes and asks how Kimberly knew. You could cut the tension in the air with a knife. It's obvious. You're quick, Ed says, and Kimberly smirks again. Well, I survived the war in Ishval, after all. Up above, one of the snipers has a clean shot and prepares to take it, but Kimberly suddenly raises his hands and then uses his alchemy on the ground, kicking up a cloud of snow to obscure the field. Ed tries to follow after Kimberly as he escapes into the mineshaft, but he quickly finds himself under attack from Kimberly's soldiers, who reveal themselves to indeed be chimeras like their cohorts, these two being a lion and gorilla. Ed complains that he can't see anything, but at least his opponents are in the same boat as him. Except he's wrong. Their animal sense of smell means they can find him even in the cloud of snow, and he finds himself back in close combat with them. On the edge of the battle, Miles urgently calls out for Ed, who quickly shouts back to warn him about the chimeras and their sense of smell. Don't come into the snow cloud! Ouch! He cries as he stumbles over a ledge deeper into the mineshaft. 
Kimberly takes the slower but less painful route down by taking the stairs <laughs> and is pleased to find a set of footprints on a lower landing. Ed clutches at his head where he landed, complaining that he's going to be even shorter now, then notices that there's a few crates of dynamite nearby. The Chimeras catch up with Ed, and he holds up a few sticks of the dynamite, warning them to back off. But they just sneer at him. You idiot, those are too wet to be of any use. That doesn't seem to bother Ed, though, who turns away to face the crates. Do you guys know what dynamite is made of? He asks. The Chimeras glance at each other. Nitroglycol, sawdust, and ammonium nitrate? Good. Now what's ammonium nitrate made of? That's easy. Nitric acid and ammonia. Ed turns back around with a delightfully wicked grin. His nose plugged. <laughs> his nose plugged as he puts his hands together to transmute. The next room over, Kimberly turns in surprise as Ed sends his chimeras crashing through the wall. Yuck, what's that smell? Kimberly asks, and Ed explains that he incapacitated his chimera soldiers with the ammonia. A strong sense of smell has its downside. He steps over the cringing chimeras to head toward Kimberly. This is what you do after getting out of being blackmailed, huh? Kimberly asks dryly. Ed unconvincingly feigns ignorance, then holds up his automail blade threateningly and tells Kimberly to tell him everything he knows. Kimberly sighs that he just got out of the hospital and isn't really interested in scrapping with a youngster like Ed, so he pulls out his old philosopher's stone to make it quick. He brought the stone right out. I won't have to search for it after all, Ed thinks eagerly. He rushes forward, catching Kimberly off guard with his new lighter automail-induced speed, and manages to duck under his arm and kick his hand hard enough to send the stone flying over the railing and down into the depths of the mine. Kimberly tries to transmute his normal way, putting his hands together, but Ed is quick enough to interrupt that too, using the blade of his automail to slice across his right hand and damage the transmutation circle on his palm. He's lost the Philosopher's Stone, Ed thinks triumphantly, and he can't use his transmutation circle. Now, I've got him. Is that what you're thinking? Kimberly suddenly cuts in. You're determined not to kill, an admirable policy, but on the battlefield, that becomes a weakness that your enemy will take advantage of. You should have finished me off earlier when you had the chance. He grins. Your naivety, and the fact that you didn't consider the possibility that I might have another Philosopher's Stone, will be your undoing. Ed's eyes widen in shock as the second stone comes out, and then a massive explosion rocks the area, collapsing the scaffolding around the entrance to the mine shaft and sending Ed and Kimberly's men plummeting into the depths while the Briggs troops scramble to get clear. In the wreckage underground, Ed slowly and painfully opens his eyes. He blearily notices the chimeras trapped under rubble and howling over Kimberly's betrayal. Damn it, where did Kimberly go? Ed mumbles, starting to push himself up. Then blood suddenly spurts from his mouth, and he turns to look back at himself in horror. It seems that during the fall, a broken metal beam impaled Ed through the side. Blood drips down from the wound, pooling underneath him. He shakily holds himself up for a few more seconds, then collapses to the ground. I know this isn't technically a dismemberment, but I feel like it should go on our list anyway. I think so. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He got, his organs got rearranged, yeah. so. <laughs> Make it grievous harm to a child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although, with some creative thinking, you could turn that into a new member. <laughs> what? And so maybe oh. it is rememberment. <laughs> rememberment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> some creative thinking. <laughs> Outside of the town, Al collapses as well, and Winry and May rush over to check on him. He puts a hand to his head and mumbles, Oh no, I'm being pulled again. What do you mean you're being pulled? Winry asks anxiously. My soul. Your soul is being pulled? Scar says. Everyone else is gathered around, and Marco asks Winry if this has ever happened before. I don't know, she cries, becoming frantic as Al goes unresponsive again. Al, get up! Somebody, please help him! Somebody! Ed! But unknown to her, Ed is just as unresponsive where he is. And that's the end of chapter 76.
Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no, I'm looking at the the cover art for the next chapter and it looks very Tiger much King. like the lions. Well, it very much looks like a greed pose and like a you know, makeshift thorn with his Throne? cats. <laughs> you know, around him. And I'm just thinking of an alternate reality where Ed is the one that became greed. It could have been mm-hmm. greed. I could have seen it. Yeah. That would have been cool. Is he greedy like Ling? I don't know. I think I think in a way so. um you could you could make that argument. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think Ling makes a better one, yeah. but mm-hmm. you can make it fit. Mm-hmm. I bet there's fanfic for that. <laughs> <laughs> also Tiger King FMA crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Also, these tigers this would be Lion King. Lion King. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not tigers. No. <laughs> they, whatever. Big Cat King. Is it? No, no, no. no. Well, I'm you were like, these tigers are gigantic. Things. It's like, they're not tigers. <laughs> Those lions look larger than regular lions, though. <laughs> I've, although I've never been that close maybe to a lion. Liger, so. Maybe they're ligers. Ligers are large. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe they're like uh, chimera lions, and they're they're mm-hmm. gigantic for reasons. I don't know. Chimigers. Chimigers. <laughs> the version in the Full Metal Edition is textless, but like the original one had something where it's like those golden eyes hold dominion over all wild beasts. Which was <laughs> oh, entertaining to me. oh, damn! <laughs> That's definitely the start start of a smug fic. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I am I am thoroughly aroused right now <laughs> just hearing that. Look at the power. Look at the lions. <laughs> <laughs> I like the like low key like alternate universes in like Arakawa's like random mm-hmm. drawings. Sometimes like we had the like mm-hmm. like the Western one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That like was that. a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're taking a break. I have a question. What? Has um, Ed and Kimberly fought before? Because he seems surprised with how quick Ed could move, but like I don't uh, think so. He like they didn't fight, okay. but he saw he, like, him, like yelled at him last time. Yeah, I thought he grabbed they they. Ed grabbed his arms. Ed grabbed Kimberly's arms. And... Yeah, but he still had his his new and improved automail by then, right? Yeah, so, but he yeah. wasn't really like okay. he wasn't really like I, zooming around at that point. Yeah, well, it's it just like uh, Kimberly's realization that he had the lighter automail. I just maybe be like, does he know what his baseline is? No, but he does know but, he has a lighter automail. I guess. So. I guess. Okay. I don't know. I think it's just, just, just like, making sure there's something yeah. I didn't remember. No. Yeah. I think it's just faster than you'd expect someone with two metal limbs to run at you. So. Mm. <laughs> I think what's somewhat established. Well, Kimberly was like, "I've been through this kind of thing before." Like maybe he's fought other people with auto mail. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's an unnecessary observation. Was anyway. he was he as uh, <laughs> as surprised with how fast Scar moved? Because I know Scar is pretty fast too. Probably. No. Oh. On the train. Yeah. He probably. I don't know. Kimberly was probably just like, "He's fast," and then mm-hmm. got like impaled probably. or whatever. But I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't remember. That's something that I've seen a lot. Is is. Ed and Scar kind of compared, especially in how fast they are. And like, I think Ed's taken a few tricks from, from Scar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that anything? I don't know. Is there <laughs> what some, is there some, some parallel between them obviously. other than just like, he's <laughs> learning. Say obviously. But... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's probably a parallel between them story wise, <laughs> because they're both seeking something that seems sort of like a, they have. They both have like their they're, long they're tasks that they're working both toward. Start and... on a journey to. They both have a special right arm. They both That's have true. A brother oh, they care yeah. about. 
Yeah. They also <laughs> that they've lost. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They also. I feel but like still s- lives on as a part of. The, oh yeah. Oh, I'm seeing it now. <laughs> All right. Scar also. Scar like, they they're also sort of like an antithesis of each other because Scar was basically only killing people and Ed refuses to kill people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're both knowledgeable about alchemy. Uh, they both were involved in human transmutation, technically <laughs> speaking, because mm-hmm. Scar's brother transmuted his arm to Okay, him. there you go. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. They're both the last uh, surviving, or some of the last surviving people from their, where they're from. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or like, whatever. In Ed's case, it would be his Hohenheim's background, but... Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, Ed doesn't know that yet. He doesn't know <laughs> that, but we know that, yeah. so... There's more similar between them than what I started off thinking at the very beginning of this conversation. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think I, I don't know if we've talked about that before. I don't think so. so. Yeah, something we've missed. Oh well. Yeah, just like I think how we, we talked missed... about it a bit when, like, when he was first, when Scar was first introduced and stuff. I think probably you would. Yeah. when they fought so the first time. A, yeah, it's just been a while since it's. It's because Scar's yeah. not like he used to be. We don't mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. him being so set on his goal anymore and stuff like that but ed still is i mean we don't know that he isn't it just hasn't come up recently i guess for scar Mm -hmm. i mean oh we just started a new chapter didn't we great yeah we were talking about the tiger king Mm -hmm. the lion king yeah (laughs) it's a good stopping point (laughs) then we talked about scar (laughs) oh the circle of life it's a transmutation (laughs) circle (laughs) one is all and all is one moves us all Yeah, through despair and hope and faith and love. Have a zoomy up there. Remember. <laughs> Chapter 77 opens with Ed slowly bleeding out like a mile underground. No big deal. <laughs> As Ed hovers on the edge of consciousness, memories flip through his mind. Riza telling him that you have to keep struggling to go on living for the people you love. Al saying that he wants them both to get their bodies back. And finally, Winry smiling as she reminds him of their promise that the next time she cries will be out of happiness. Ed jerks back into some level of alertness, slamming his fist into the ground and shakily pushing himself up onto his side. I can't let all those people cry over me yet, he mumbles. He manages to get his hands together and uses alchemy to break off the long end of the metal beam impaling him, allowing him to move a little easier. So much for the rememberment. (laughs) (laughs) Ed doesn't roll like that, Cosm. Yeah. (laughs) Turn it into... That's reserved for Lon Fawn. (laughs) 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 she'll get a new arm eventually i'm three new arms three new (laughs) all the arms (laughs) the ultimate fighting machine his next transmutation causes pillars to form from the ground and lift the debris trapping the chimera soldiers much to their surprise they get to their feet grumbling about how easily kimberly was willing to sacrifice them then wander over to ed and ask why he just saved them you're in worse shape than we are don't get the wrong idea, Ed grits out. I need someone to pull this thing out of my stomach. The Chimeras point out that they were enemies just a moment ago. Does he really want to trust them with that? Ed confirms that he does, and the Chimeras try to look, then just kind of shrug. Well, it's not like we have orders to kill you. The gorilla Chimera, Darius, pulls Ed up into a sitting position, and the lie Chim- I don't remember when this guy gets named, but his name is Heinkel, and I'm just going to start calling him the other guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the lion chimera, Heinkel, inspects the injury. You do realize that if we pull this out, you'll bleed to death in minutes, right? Ed explains that he's going to close the wound with alchemy before that happens. He doesn't specialize in medical alchemy, but he did do some research into it before the human transmutation attempt. 
but your internal organs must be all messed up, Darius says. I heard that when Scar impaled Mr. Kimberly like that, the only reason they were able to save him was because they had the Philosopher's Stone. I'll use my own life energy to boost my power, Ed says. He coughs weakly, then adds, of course, it might take some years off my lifespan. Heinkel asks if he's really okay with that, and Ed says that he doesn't have time to waver. It was my own naivete that got me into this situation. I have to get myself out of it. You lost me, kid, Heinkel says, but he takes hold of the metal beam and prepares to pull. Ed closes his eyes and takes a breath, bracing himself. I'm ready. Heinkel begins to pull the beam out, and as Ed writhes in pain, he silently talks himself through the transmutation he's preparing to do. I need to think of myself as a single energy mass, just like the Philosopher's Stone. I'm a Philosopher's Stone with one soul's worth of energy in it. He thinks back to when he used the stone within Envy, the way the howling souls faded away. Remember how it felt at that moment, how it feels to use a soul. The beam pulls free, and Ed clenches his teeth and presses his hands to his side. The transmutation sparks, lighting the room, and then Ed slumps back, motionless. Darius and Heinkel trade an uncertain look. Is he dead? You can't kill me that easily, Ed grumbles weakly. His little bang popped up. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. <laughs> it's like, oh good, he's alive. <laughs> the Chimeras are impressed. I guess alchemists don't need doctors. But Ed corrects that quickly. What he did was only a basic temporary fix, and he's definitely not out of the woods yet. Then you need a real doctor. There's no time, Ed says, clutching at his side as he tries to get to his feet. I have to hurry. Darius supports him as he inevitably slumps back down, wheezing from the effort. In that state, you ain't gonna make it far. Those wounds will reopen for sure if you aren't careful. Then I guess there's no choice. Up you go, Heinkel says, picking Ed up piggyback style. <laughs> you saved my life. I'm in your debt. I'll be your legs. They ask him where he wants to go, and he starts to say they need to catch up with Kimberly because the others are in danger. But he finally passes out before he can finish the sentence, slumped against Heinkel's lion mane. The Khmeras consider what to do, and they decide that anything that leads to them encountering either Briggs' troops or Kimberly is a bad idea for them, and Ed wouldn't stand a chance anyway in his condition. Look, I don't care what the kid says. The smart thing to do is find the fastest way out of this frozen hell. They'll figure we both died under this rubble, so we're free of Mr. Kimberly. No need to call that freak mister. He almost killed us. They start to head out, but Darius spots something and crouches down to pick it up. Kimberly's original Philosopher's Stone, fallen all the way down the mineshaft with them. Meanwhile, Scar's group is trudging through the snow, each of them carrying a disassembled piece of Al's armor body. Al starts to come too, and his voice coming from the main part of his armor strapped to Scar's back is very confused about the situation. <laughs> you fainted all of a sudden, Scar says bluntly. You were too heavy to carry whole, so we had to disassemble you. Al apologizes for the bad timing and being such a burden. Then Yoki interrupts with a loud sneeze, and everyone decides to take refuge in a nearby abandoned building and take a short rest. Once inside, Al admits that this is the second time he's lost consciousness like that in a pretty short period of time, which really worries Winry. Marco suggests they keep carrying Al around in pieces for now, and Al apologizes again. I know you still have a lot to do, like deciphering the research notes. May suddenly looks thoughtful. In pieces, she says to herself. She looks at the research notes in Marco's hands. String bindings. Mr. Marco, may I see that for a moment? Marco hands the notebook over, and to everyone's horror, May immediately pulls out the string binding, scattering the notes across the floor. Everyone kneels down to try and pull it back into order, but May is focused on something else. I notice these research notes have too many phrases referring to golden immortality. Not only that, but each phrase is slightly different from the others. 
I wanted to see what would happen if we took the research notes apart and stacked the pages so that each phrase is on top of the one that corresponds to it. Scar and Marco trade a look, then quickly set to work, helping May with her task. The others all watch as they carefully arrange the pages, then use a grease pencil to connect the visible diagrams together. The resulting image, to everyone's despair, is a familiar one. The nationwide transmutation circle that they've already discovered. Marco's shoulders slump. We needed a breakthrough from these notes. Without that reversal of fate, we're in a critically compromised position. Gerso and Zampano are also upset, since they'd been hoping the notes would have a way to get their bodies back to normal, while Scar's frustration is more quiet. Older brother, is this really all you wanted to tell me? You had the nerve to research alchemy, the science detested by Ishvalans, and dabble in the purification arts of a foreign country, and this is all you have to show for it? Everyone continues to panic for a bit, then Yoki sneezes again, sending several of the note pages <laughs> fluttering and disturbing the pattern. You idiot, what if you just lost some precious clues? Gerso snaps. Yuki grips that it's not his fault he catches cold easily, and everyone grumbles as they start to reassemble the pages. A reversal, Al mumbles to himself as he watches this. A reversal! That's it! Turn the whole thing over, without changing the placement of the pages! They quickly do so and find themselves with another set of diagrams that May quickly connects together in the same way. What they have this time is something completely unfamiliar. It's a new Amestrian National Transmutation Circle that's activated throughout the history. Elsewhere, Kimberly has wandered very far in his search of the mining tunnels. He does that creepy villain thing and licks his own blood from his hand, <laughs> then casually notes that he might have taken a wrong path. I was just thinking that's so gross. <laughs> Why? Why, Kimberly? He's like, oh yes, yeah. Yes, at least it's his own blood. <laughs> I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lust did the same thing when she got stabbed in the head, so. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Like I said, creepy villain thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. <laughs> it, it all makes sense. <laughs> Before he decides to turn back, he spots a large damaged door in the rock wall, ominously marked in paint with a huge dark X. He seems a little unnerved as he opens the door and wanders down the long path, wind whistling past him as he journeys deeper. He eventually exits out into a large open cavern, strewn with human bones and abandoned mining equipment. I see, he thinks to himself. They're using this place to stash the tailings from the tunnel Sloth is digging. He idly reaches out to touch the rough stone wall, and immediately, pride shadows are all around him, sneering down at him with its many glaring eyes. You're the Crimson Lotus Alchemist, Pride says. Nice to meet you. My name is Pride. Kimberly schools his rare look of alarm down into a disinterested expression and asks what Pride wants with him. How are things going with Scar? Pride asks. Kimberly narrows his eyes. I'm still pursuing him. Scar can wait, Pride says. Right now, there's more pressing business for you. You were to carve the crest of blood into Fort Briggs. With all due respect, the Briggs troops are stronger and more unified than you realize. This will be no simple task. Then you must use their strength and unity against them. Kimberly looks intrigued by that suggestion, and then we cut to Sloth, who is almost finished with his long task, and then to the main chamber under Central City, where Pride's human body watches his father urges them all onward. Hurry. Make haste. Make haste. The day is almost here. And that's the end of chapter 77. Dun, dun, dun. All right. <laughs> Another one in the books. <laughs> Another creepy father in the books. <laughs> <laughs> and Kimberly, a creepy Kimberly in the books. <laughs> there was a lot of child dismemberment. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's a lot. He's almost dead. Yeah. <laughs> <In this. laughs> I was reading it. <laughs> yeah, I remember like first reading that page and be like, oh no. He's like, what? And then looks back and I was like, oh, yeah. that's a big piece of pipe <laughs> inside you. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> it's not good. They sort of trick you too because he falls down the shaft earlier and just like bumps his head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. And then you have this much more dramatic fall. And you're like, he's probably fine. And he's like, no, 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 no he wasn't. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I don't know. It's because Kimberly <laughs> exploded everything. Yeah. So. <laughs> I didn't, I don't know when I was reading this. Sometimes when I read things through the first time, like really fast, I kind of like take in all the main stuff. But I, mm-hmm. I kind of forgot that miles intended to like kill kimberly and his two uh darius and yeah Michael. i totally forgot about that and i was like mm-hmm. oh why oh no because like that's there's a whole argument between ed and kim and ed and miles about that at the beginning yeah. it's kind of funny how last time we talked about hohenheim and using this his like seeming to not have qualms with well he seems emotional about it but is willing to use the Philosopher's Stone, whereas Ed still mm-hmm. has problems with killing people and using the Philosopher's Stone. And Miles directly said one of the things that I kind of brought up last time, which was like maybe because he, they're older, they have more experience, like they're more willing to sacrifice, you know, their or like do do kill people, I guess, or mm-hmm. do those yeah. things. But yeah, I like that Kimberly is like, obviously they're trying to kill me. You can mm-hmm. cut the tension with a knife. And Ed is like, really? <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. But then Kimberly had a tactic for that, which was unhelpful. <laughs> yeah. I like how it's not totally clear if Ed is like cooperating with the plan or like trying to interrupt it. Yeah, I don't know. He was just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He could have been. I mean, he had the opportunity, but mm-hmm. he did. He eventually executed the plan that he wanted to execute, which was uh, disabling his transportation mm-hmm. circle and taking getting the getting get, taking the philosopher's stone. Yeah. He just didn't know that Kimberly has two, which was yeah. his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like Ed, Ed is, is also Ed is learning like, some lessons recently. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also like the snipers had a clear shot at Kimberly and before he did his uh, transmutation while he was uh-huh. talking to Ed, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess they were just waiting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The one guy confirmed to Miles that they had a clear shot, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he used the opportunity thinking that he, he didn't have to kill Kimberly, but. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs> Kimberly ended up killing him in the end, so or almost killing him in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They always like the discussions on like in the series about like what it means for like Ed and Al's kind of like naive but seems like admirable, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like dedication to like not kill people and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miles was saying like it's it's easier to it's harder to spare someone. You know, someday he'll yeah. learn that it's harder to spare someone than than kill them. Mm-hmm. I guess if they see the amount of battles that the soldiers have seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like there's meant to be kind of a parallel, too, between, like, like their attitude and, like, Roy, because they always talk about, like, Roy being, like, like, his view being, like, kind of, like, naive and optimistic and idealistic. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they probably have that in common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. People are always telling Roy, like, his vision of, like the reason that that he wants to get into power and that he has the support from his fellow soldiers is kind of like how it is similar to how Adenal like he's like I want to use the military so that there doesn't have to be like fighting anymore basically yeah. right mm-hmm. and Adenal are kind of like they want to use like he Ed said he joined the military with determination not to kill mm-hmm. and like want to use alchemy to restore themselves and not necessarily anything more or whatever so. Mm-hmm. They don't have any grander aspiration than writing the current wrongs. Mm-hmm. So another parallel I really love in like these chapters is how, like we just had the chapters that reveal that like Hohenheim is a 
like human tra- a human uh, philosopher's stone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then like in this chapter, Ed is like visualizing himself as a human philosopher's stone oh, in order to yeah. do the transmutation on himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I have to say is just such a very powerful moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, just, just the... I don't know, it, it just gives a lot of power to just one person, you know? Like, ev- mm-hmm. anyone can do that. That's everyone, right? Um, if you just, you know, think True. about it and harness it. And, like, I don't know, just a very strong... I I was overcome by emotion when I first saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, just like, he also, like, it's very... The, the injury is so visceral mm-hmm. that you're already, like, kind of on the edge of your... At least I was already kind of on the edge of my seat reading it. And then you're like, can you do it? Like, can mm-hmm. he actually do this thing like it's just a very mm-hmm. interesting intellectual leap for him as well too mm-hmm. yeah that it's yeah. not just and it i guess it's also kind of related to the like all is one and whatever like he has that he has the same energy as you know like a philosopher's stone or like whatever right mm-hmm. so he can still technically do the same thing just on a smaller scale mm-hmm. right yeah and yeah i've yeah. always found yeah like the panels are so like you said so such a visceral and energy injury and like the panels mm-hmm. of it like the beam getting pulled out of him yeah even like his dark like, screaming and then mm-hmm. yeah i know and his feet are like kind of kicking yeah mm-hmm. um and like his dark eyes after they pull it out and he does the transmutation mm-hmm. i was like no he's dead and they're like is he dead and then his little bang pops up so it's fine yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. but his eyes are still kind of like dark mm-hmm. yeah but yeah i've always found the line the like i'm a philosopher's stone with one soul's worth of energy like that's always like stood out to me. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's probably some kind of message overall about, I think even in this um, chapter, he's, he's kind of like, I'm the one who I, I, it was my naivete that caused this. So I'm, I need to get myself out of this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot of the earlier chapters were focused on them, not, involving other people and like being responsible for themselves there's like some kind of al specifically mm-hmm. um even though they were always kind of like getting other people involved and stuff and it's something they didn't want so i feel like in this situation um like ed specifically has feels like he has to get himself out of the situation and he's the only one who can do anything mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. like taking responsibility for there's something about taking responsibility for like the things that you can control and whatever mm-hmm. yeah and then you have that contrasted with Al, who's like being carried by everyone else, mm-hmm. right? There's, I think, also we talked about how there's a lot of messages about like being with other, being in a group or being with other people is important and helps you be stronger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't think they're conflicting ideas. I think it's kind of presenting those two things as being important for you know your development and whatever. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's sort of being like like you can't rely totally on one or the other like you have to mm-hmm. be willing to you know take responsibility for yourself but in other situations also be willing to lean on the people who care about you and want to help you mm-hmm. so something that i realized is with ed being a one-person philosopher stone uh or like a one soul powered philosopher stone so presumably so as everyone else. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few times where literally the real Philosopher's Stones were the friends he made along the way. The way. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, they also said at the beginning of this chapter, you can do transmutation without a Philosopher's Stone. Or you can do transmutation without a circle if you if you have a Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that anyone can do transmutation without a... Uh, I mean, I assume oh. that it takes your life force yes. to do so. 
So probably, but it probably takes um, a whole lot. Like yeah, yeah. You, I guess what I, it sounds like you could is what I'm you could, what I'm hearing. Probably yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd probably kill you though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on what you do. Ed only yeah. used a little bit. He's only a little bit more dead than he used to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like if you're just use if you're just an average person all the time and yeah. using a if you try to use your soul energy to do transmutation without a circle, that would probably be a lot. Because even Ed, mm-hmm. technically Ed had training wheels, you know, he yeah, used Ed the still uses stuff before. His, yeah, and Ed still yeah. uses his, like, normal, like, transmutation style. Like, true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because he already doesn't have to use a, a like, drawn circle. Mm-hmm. I think it's, he needed the extra, he needed the extra kick because, you know, he lost blood and had damaged tissue and stuff. It's like, maybe you need that extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he can't just knit it all back together, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's also because he doesn't have like the in-depth knowledge that like mm. an actual like yeah. medical alchemist would have. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Because mm. they talk about how like there seems to be some implication that like from stuff like Cornello that like you don't need the in-depth understanding that your average alchemist needs if you have the philosopher's stone in order to mm-hmm. do transmutations. Mm-hmm. Same like um, that's true, and like. Roy originally wanted less Philosopher's Stone to try to heal Havoc and stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. was originally his tactic. Yeah. yeah. And then he burned them instead, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe that's a common thing that people know. I don't know. <laughs> you said, and then he burned them instead. Yeah. And I'm thinking, he burned less Philosopher's Stone or the wounds? Both. All. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he burned everybody Roy, in that room. <laughs> Roy only knows how to burn things. Yeah. <laughs> he truly is useless in the rain. Yeah. he's like mm-hmm. uh when all you have is a hammer everything looks like a nail yeah yeah exactly <laughs> well he burned and all you have paint. is flame alchemy <laughs> he could have just like flushed the Celine bradley as a as a homunculus node <laughs> but no he burned it and mm-hmm. like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah everything looks burnable when you, yeah. all you can do is flame alchemy yeah I have an important thing to say i think i probably oh. said this before we started recording but i just want to say that i was right that hohenheim is the alchemist from the West or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm, At least that's mm-hmm. what it sounds like because May said mm-hmm. to Winry that the theory about uh, golden immortals being called golden beings is because the person who brought alchemy to Sheen was an immortal mm-hmm. with golden mm-hmm. hair and golden eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which sounds like someone sure. we know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. My note has yeah. just a screenshot of that panel mm-hmm. and uh, the eyeball emoji. <laughs> yeah. So, and even um, uh, Winry is like, huh, sounds oh, yeah, like Ed sounds and Al. Like <laughs> yeah. You're like, thanks, Winry. <laughs> thanks, Arakawa. We get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there was, I think there was another theory that, that you had was that it was the same person. Uh, but I think it's father went yeah, it's to the father. west and, and Hohenheim went to the east. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took me a long time so. to get that when I read it the first time. I like assumed mm-hmm. it was the same person. I think I thought it, like, I think I thought both were father for like a long mm-hmm. time. And then I thought mm-hmm. both were Hohenheim. And then I was like, oh, no, it's obvious that... <laughs> It's, it's Hohenheim went to a mistress and or Hohenheim went, Hohenheim to, went to Sheen, Sheen. and father went to a mistress. Mm-hmm. Well, it's obvious that they're implying Hohenheim with this conversation, I think. Yeah. But yeah, and mm-hmm. it's also, I think it is implied that they are the same person because when they talked about it earlier, it was like, oh, well, there's like the philosopher from the East and in like, in a mistress, we call him the philosopher from the, no, the philosopher from the East and in Sheen, it's the philosopher from the West. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, it's probably the same person. But then once you learn yeah. that Hohenheim and father look the same, then it kind of, anyway, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously everybody says that shit's crazy in Amestris. Like the mm-hmm. alchemy in Amestris is crazy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um the point is I was right, is all I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least as mm-hmm. far as I believe from this conversation that I'm right about Hohenheim being mm-hmm. the philosopher from the East. And I want acknowledgement. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thank you. 
we have more uh, Chimera goons this time. Yep. New Chimera goons. Yes. <laughs> yep. And you, you said their names. They have names, so obviously they're going to come back, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, Darius was named earlier. I forgot mm-hmm. that. Um, just kind of as like a background thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Heinkel's the other name was Heinkel, and I didn't feel like calling it the Lion Chimera the whole time when we yeah. had Darius's name. So. <laughs> well, we were already had a Lion King reference. Just call him Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> He's ten times the lion that Mufasa is or whatever Mufasa was. I gotta say, they look cooler than uh, Gerso and Zampano. Oh, totally. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think Gerso and Zampano drew the short, end, the short straws on uh, Chimera transformations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're like, all, what's like, they're what all... are you going to be? It's like, oh, you're going to be a lion and you're going to be a gorilla. And it's like, what yeah. about us? It's like, you're going to be a weird spiky boar and you're going to be a frog with <laughs> sticky spit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they do seem to be cool. Like, wait, hold on. <laughs> they like sounds like they kind of volunteered for this, like to become chimeras. I don't think they understood the consequences, but I don't know, or m- not maybe not volunteered, but maybe they were coerced, but with lies. They said they know? were that their families were told they were dead. So I don't know if it's that's the same true. As, like the um, like we know the uh, greed's chimeras. They were like mortally wounded and turned into chimeras mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i don't know if they were the same situation or they just turned them into chimeras and then we're like oh yeah they died yeah, yeah. i don't know maybe good point they definitely don't seem to want to be part of the military now that they know that kimberly thinks they're completely expendable yeah so there's that mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, they're just like fuck that guy <laughs> yeah. immediately mm-hmm. i like that ed used the ammonia to overpower them i love this mm-hmm. like evil yes. yes. yeah. it's yeah. a great ed expression <laughs> He's like, and what's in a, what's in ammonium nitrate? And they're like, easy. And then he like turns around. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. I like it. They're just like piggybacking Ed now. Like, <laughs> they're on yeah. his side now. He yeah. saved them, so now they're in debt to him or whatever. Yeah. It's like the Elric brothers have made friends with all of the all the, the chimeras, chimeras. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't want to kill people. Mm-hmm. Kimberly just wants to like act on his own and be the one who captures Scar and like whatever, yeah. right? But. Mm-hmm. I think the we see the Elrics they value their their valuing of human life <laughs> makes them it, it do, like get better allies faster. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> People yeah. want to follow them. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think that's even their intention, but that's yeah. why they end up having more allies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as opposed to the Kimberleys who are just like I don't care. They're in their single minded determination. You know, mm-hmm. even Scar eventually had had allies. Mm-hmm. He has them now. I feel like Scar is really exasperated with like <laughs> everything right now, which is kind of hilarious. Like, well, he's, he's walking like, around. He's still got an open wound. Like yeah. he's still, and he's carrying the heaviest piece of Al's armor, obviously, because yeah. <laughs> all the other people are probably chumps. And he's like, "God damn it!" and had to carry the heaviest I mean, piece. He's got the two chimeras with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're carrying his legs and stuff, aren't they? Like yeah. they're carrying other heavy things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then he's. With the notes, he's like tired of dealing with the notes, and mm-hmm. then they all get mm-hmm. messed up. And then they all they saw all the notes that revealed the transmutation oh, circle. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they were all pissed off about that. And Scar mm-hmm. was especially pissed off for whatever reason. His dialogue is italicized in the English version mm-hmm. when everybody else's isn't in that scene. So well, that usually means that they're speaking a different language, right? Is that maybe him speaking to himself in his native tongue? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I think about it's just. His I feel like you're supposed to emphasize that it's his thoughts rather than like. Mm-hmm. Out loud oh, is it his thoughts? I thought case. it was him yeah. saying it out loud, but 
Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just used for, for emphasis because he's super pissed off, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's something about, like, the the panel where he's like, you fainted all of a sudden. You were too heavy to carry, so we had to disassemble <laughs> yeah. you. Just, like, you yeah. feel like it's a moment where he's just like, what has my life Fuck. become? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and wandering around with all these children. and <laughs> yeah, children and murderers. Yeah. And <laughs> carrying his carrying soul-bound a suit, of armor. suit of armor on my back. <laughs> <laughs> and Alice like, sorry, I fainted. I sorry, sorry. Yeah, really. None of this was in his plan. His plan was just to get revenge by killing a bunch of people, and that was it. <laughs> Al's fainting again, which is bad. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting to see him just like in pieces, but still just like yeah, mm-hmm. just kind of hanging around. Like. And he's kind of like, "What's happening? Like, how does mm-hmm. he perceive things? I mean, I guess he sees like regular people and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's probably seeing through his head. I don't know. Uh, well, I think he has a. Oh, I'm trying because I think it comes up sometimes because like Ed throws his head at some point mm-hmm. and he's trying to find it. I'm trying to. F- remember if they explain where like if he's trying to control his body from his head or because his head is detached he just has like a i think the the control and source of consciousness comes from the seal which is in the yeah. middle yeah because it's like the like the head loses like the eye glow when it's not attached to him true mm-hmm. like maybe he can use the eye, maybe he can see out of the chest when the head's not there and stuff like that and he can control yeah. his limbs when the head's not there and whatever mm-hmm. if they're attached yeah, but yeah, he can't. It's yeah. hard to say where the the vision is coming from, but like the voice definitely comes from the, the definitely seal. Comes from the chest. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because maybe in the scene, like the head is sitting right in front of his chest, so it's hard to say like what he's looking yeah. out of. Well, and he doesn't. He maybe he doesn't even have to like see like people. Like maybe he can just perceive things. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's not clear. Yeah, maybe he uses the flow of the universe or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He uses the force. The Earth's vibrations. (laughs) (laughs) He uses the people, the people walking around. Wait, did they reveal that yet? I think they did. Yeah, maybe they did. Then they're like, "There's a lot of people crawling around down there." Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) It's horrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Blah blah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is is with that yet. I guess just wanted wanted to say it just keeps happening, and I guess Al thinks that it's his body trying to pull his soul or his soul trying to become detached from the armor or whatever mm-hmm. at this point oh, sorry what are you gonna say cosm well so there's something i want to talk about that's somewhat spoilery i think oh, wait hold on okay where are you i'm gonna text you and see if <laughs> i think that's fine i mean we've already talked about the connection and it's pretty like strongly paralleled in this chapter so i don't think it Spoils Are you going to talk any- about something about Ed? Spoils anything from yeah, the future. Yeah, well, um, so, essentially, sort of. Um, okay. This is about Al, Al's fainting. Yeah. Okay. It's, it, the, so, the, the first time it's his body, um, pulling him, his, his soul back, mm-hmm. right? Calling it back. We talked about that already. But the second time it happens is because he's, Al, Ed is Al's connection to the material world and to his armor body and ed is like on the brink of death so that weakens the connection that's oh. why al yeah i i mean i think this is the first time i've ever noticed that i was mm-hmm. wondering if it was related but, like, to him because mm-hmm. it's like it's so obviously connected um yeah. but that, that makes sense because they said before that their bodies are somehow connected because mm-hmm. of the transmutation so yeah. that makes sense 
Mm-hmm. That's not a spoiler thing to say, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we've discussed the connection between them before, and like it's heavily yeah. paralleled in this chapter since they both collapsed at the same time in adjacent yeah. panels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I assumed that they were related, but it wasn't very obvious why, so I didn't have a good rationale, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, like I think yeah. it's. I was gonna. Yeah. I feel like it's probably supposed to be like a little bit of like, maybe both. Like it seems like maybe Al's like connection is weakened a bit to his yeah. like, armor, and so that makes it like more susceptible to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because it seemed like the first time it happened, and Ed was fine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it seems unrelated, but kind could be related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the first time it was more of like a. Some kind of stress just thing. Kind of, yeah, kind of a circumstantial thing with, like, the, yeah. like the whiteout condition of the blizzard connecting yeah, to the yeah, whiteout yeah. of the void and everything. But Like, he's technically still connected to his body in the void. Maybe being in that condition, like, made him more susceptible to mm-hmm. being pulled away. Mm-hmm. And Ed technically yeah. saw his body at the door, you know, Ed saw his mm-hmm. body in the portal. So yeah. Ed, I mean, it's not like Ed's going through the portal this time, I guess, but maybe it's a similar experience, like, mm-hmm. using a soul to transmute, mm-hmm. so... Oh, this page looks so nice in color. Sorry, I just looked into the book. The, the title <laughs> page for the Dwarf and the Flask that has, like, the all the characters on, like, solid color backgrounds. Oh, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. That's, like, one of my favorite ones so far. We didn't even talk about it last time. But the printed yeah, version awesome. of it is really good. It's, like, mm-hmm. the one where it's kind of pop arty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a very nice one. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we haven't talked about the Transmutation Circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was what I was going to bring up if you wouldn't. <laughs> so the they rearranged the notes so that they overlay all the like um, conspicuously repetitive p- phrases, it seems mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And they're able to form first the um, the national, they call it the National Transmutation Circle, which makes me laugh <laughs> as if it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like the representative, you know, like the yes. national bird <laughs> yeah. or the national, it's, it's the National Transmutation <laughs> Circle. And then yeah. um, also the alkahestry version of that, mm-hmm. which which looks cool. It looks rad. Yeah, it is very nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they so they found like the the alkahestry version of the circle mm-hmm. or whatever. That's what it seems like mm-hmm. of the national yeah. transportation circle. <laughs> mm-hmm. They found the truth within the truth. <gasps> <gasps> Whoa! Now the truth within the truth was that layered codes. <laughs> yeah, the truth within the truth is that the the um. The Philosopher's Stone is made of people, I thought. <laughs> this is the truth within Scar's brother's truth. Truth, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that was cool. So they finally figured out the notes. Mm-hmm. All, the, all the esoteric bullshit of the notes. Yeah. yeah. They just had to um, have Al disassemble to inspire May <laughs> and then have Yoki sneeze on it. <laughs> to inspire Al. <laughs> to inspire mm-hmm. Al. And then... See, it further yeah. proves the theme that you need people to help you look <laughs> yes. at things in a different way and solve your problems. Even Yoki. And sneeze. Yeah, even Yoki. And sneeze. I was going to say it sneeze <laughs> on your stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. It, I think there's more to TBD on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing is I'm pretty sure... I think I, I think for some people that just sort of how they solve this puzzle seems a little like... I don't know, a little out of the blue, out of like, oh, that just, you just happen to think of the right thing. I don't know. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems a little, maybe unnatural. You're just saying it's like so. a we puzzle, have them talking, but I don't think so. We have them yeah, talking I mean, I, about like the the word showing up a lot and then. They've been talking about the notes for like five chapters, yeah. like, I don't know, yeah. 10 chapters. Mm-hmm. Like they've been theoretically mm-hmm. looking at the notes 
mm-hmm. studying the notes yeah. for quite a while. Yeah, they've so. been studying them for a long time, and they're talking mm-hmm. about, like, it's interesting that they keep talking about these same couple of phrases and over and over again. I agree. Yeah. I agree, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think especially um, this time I noticed that um, May notices that the um, that the binding is not like a real binding. It's a it's just a it's being held held by like you know a, what a rope or a rubber band or something like that. It's something easy to take apart. Yeah, yeah. and so that's a little detail that I think that gives it a little bit more strength mm-hmm. than like the fact that she points that out and like notices it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we've also been told like repeatedly that like alchemists, alchemists use weird use codes code. like this. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily think that. Um, maybe maybe a very small degree, but um, I can see why people could think that because it seems like yeah. a fast development. But I also see I could argue for it the opposite, where they've been looking at it for a long time and like I, specifically trying to decode it and specifically trying to decipher it, and they specifically have the knowledge of alchemists mm-hmm. using code and stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at um, some point they have to figure it out. So like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like I, I think especially going it through it a bit slower and more detailed that mm-hmm. definitely gives it a lot more like, oh, yeah, it has been building. But I just I don't know. I, I think that's something that that is not an uncommon thought and be nice to address. So yeah. I brought it up. It, is that your, base, your, your perspective based on the anime specifically? And that's another thing is I don't know. I don't remember the anime and how they they handle it. It, it is a little bit more. Yeah, it might be a little more, or maybe it is that like they've been throwing in these hints that you just th- overlook because you know it doesn't seem as important. And mm-hmm. then you know, I mean, I do feel like we had the experience of the anime episode specifically that we watched had like a very important discrepancy that was like com- handled completely in the mm-hmm. in the manga. So mm-hmm. maybe it was something that was like it's something that's definitely easy to cut. Like there's scenes that they would be easy to cut if you were adapting it and stuff like that. So I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I haven't so seen that, all that the might... anime, but. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not as maybe the focus isn't as strong. Long, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it could be. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's enough buildup that it's not completely out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does seem sort of convenient that they figure it out all at once. It's not like they walk away and then late like they don't hang up the transmutation circle on the wall for five days and then suddenly mm-hmm. Alice like, oh my god, flip it over. Like that does seem kind of fast, but whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, just. From a storytelling perspective, that would be fucking boring. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's already boring enough that they've been talking about the notes for like ten chapters. Like, just yeah. figure out what the fuck the notes mean already. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that would be boring. This isn't a beautiful mind, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if instead they just had them put the 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 first circle together, maybe a couple chapters ago, and then brought it back, you know, yeah. maybe well, kept, I think, kept it as long. I think that would be so disappointing though, because you'd be like. Oh, it's exactly what we already figured out. Like, I think that's I true. think you need the quick turnaround in order that's for it not fair. to feel like you've been like baited by the by these yeah. notes having something special in it. Like, you'd feel like mm-hmm. what? That's it. Like mm-hmm. the same way they feel for until they figure out the next yeah. thing. Yeah, like, I guess fuck? it that's wouldn't bullshit. really be. Like, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be a reveal I'm... if that happened. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like we've been talking about these notes for chapters, well, think... and now you're now it's just something we already know. Like, if that was yeah. the case, then then they probably would have. It probably would have been like the first time they looked at the notes, they saw the weird lines and they pulled out all the pages and then it turned out to be the regular transmutation circle. And then yeah. the subsequent reveal would come later or whatever, something like that. Yeah. I also feel like that's the kind of thing like you would come up with while physically like messing with the notes the way they are. Like mm-hmm. not like being like, true. hmm, here's what it is and then putting it away for a while. <laughs> that's true. Like, I feel yeah. like you would have to have them like out spread out like that to like think of flipping them over. Yeah. Because it's like mm-hmm. kind of it's like a phys- very physical 
way of interacting with the notes. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing about the the timing of it specifically is that now Scar's back so they can get the answers because basically a lot of the time that they were mm-hmm. like Marco and May were reviewing the notes there was like a part that they couldn't understand. So like the part that Kayla skimmed over in the in the uh, thing that we talked mm-hmm. about earlier was like uh, they were asking about a bunch of like specific terms so it sounded like they were kind of getting the final pieces that they needed to mm-hmm. be able to understand the notes and that gave them the insight that there was a lot of it that was repetitive and then later they figure out the other stuff about it so mm-hmm. yeah yeah anyway. so uh, well looking at it now there's one other thing that i noticed which is i i mean i don't know if it's meant to be like that but if you look at the at least the the new transmutation circle I'm trying to find the old one to see if it's consistent yeah okay so if you look there's like these i don't know like five dots going down depending on which side you are on the left or right side of each of the pages um so it seems like you're using the exact same same page like the the front of each page um and then when you flip it over you use the back side of of whatever pages they were but i also know that I don't know if this was bound with like holes or anything, so I don't know if that is actually what that represents. Yeah, you can see the holes. It was bound with holes. She pulled pulled string out. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, again, that would be another thing is that if maybe they noticed that, wait a minute, all these pages are on the, the, that we marked is on the front page. There's nothing on the back page. Is there a reason for that? Mm -hmm. But anyways, what's done is done. Not important. (laughs) I mean, at least Arakawa went to the detail of actually flipping the side where the holes are. So yeah. if you look at the, yeah. one, the one transmutation circle on what page is that? The, the reverse, or like the... Uh, the, the reverse the new, is on 183. One. Yeah, it's on 183. The other one's on 179. 79? Yeah. Hmm. So. Fancy. Yeah. Oh, speaking of transmutation in the philosopher's stone and whatnot which we didn't talk about before i guess it's just one thing to note is that ed has i mean like the what either darius or heinkel picked up the philosopher's stone that oh, got yeah. chucked down the hole so they have that now yep um so that's mm-hmm. good question mark mm-hmm. at least they have it yeah yeah it's not just Kim- floating around getting <laughs> picked up by by random people and kimberly mm-hmm. Helmley has one now so i guess that's good <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then the last Thing that happened was that Kimberly got a new directive, which was to carve a crest of blood at Briggs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, I guess that task was it has to be taken over by him now that Ed's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like that Pride was like, "Hey, what up, Kimberly?" And Kimberly yeah. was like, freaked out for a second before mm-hmm. hiding it, which was nice because he yeah. never looks freaked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost never, very rarely. He looked yeah. freaked out like when even... Scar was up on the roof with Winry that one time. Like, oh crap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think even? I say he looked even kind of just going into the tunnels. It kind of freaked out even before he. It was like, Got to where Pride is. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of interesting. I mean, I think he knew there was something bad down there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's spooky and marked with a big X, mm-hmm. and he's in the tunnel by himself. So yeah, anything. Could it is happen. just kind of interesting since, like, as you say, we don't really see Kimberly get freaked out like yeah. that. Yeah. But his whole, like, mm, not motivation, but, like, kind of guiding principles, like, self-preservation. So he's kind of, you know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. he's like, if I can survive in this world, then that's, mm-hmm. then I know that I, I, I don't know, you know, whatever. It gives him meaning in his life or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. going into a dangerous situation that where he doesn't have the advantage, I guess, might be scary. Mm-hmm. Like, a normal, for mm-hmm. a normal person, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird to see him act like a normal person, I guess. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like, it's like normally he would be freaked out doing yeah. this, but just like we haven't Kimberly seen wouldn't. him get freaked out at is. a lot of things normal people would be freaked out at, so. Yeah. I guess it's just interesting that it's possible to freak him out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked the um the very last set of panels with Father where he's like, make haste, make haste, mm-hmm. which is basically mm-hmm. what the king was saying, too. Yeah. Of Xerxes. Oh, so. I didn't get that. <laughs> but I, I see it now. Yeah, he said... Yeah, so that was something I wanted to, to mention, was when we did see the king of Xerxes, he mm-hmm. looked very familiar. Have we seen him before? Or someone who looks like him? Well, or something? I think the way he's drawn reminds me of the creepy doctor, but I don't think we've seen someone who looks specifically like him. Am Have we seen the king of Xin? Is he somewhat similar in just, like, the decrepit old, like... No, we just maybe, see like maybe a distant looking like, like Yeah, like yeah. a representation of Dude. him, but probably not yeah. actually him. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like the king and it's just like drawing insert drawing of person, faceless person, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know why it just it I I don't know if like it looks like someone that did Envy maybe use that face? I don't think man so. Face? I don't think we've ever seen I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It, it just before. looks so familiar and i don't know maybe it's because i've seen this anime before maybe he looks like a dear typical decrepit old king like yeah that's i feel like decrepit king old decrepit king is a trope right so maybe it just looks yeah. like that i don't know could be <laughs> i'm not sure but yeah i don't think we've seen anybody in fma that yet that looks mm-hmm. like him at least i don't know mm-hmm. okay father looks kind of a little bit decrepit He's always yeah. kind of like sleeping on his. I mean, they said he doesn't sleep, but he's always kind of like sitting on his throne. Like, yeah, he doesn't look like he's really, you know, like, um, like he has a lot of energy or whatever. Like, I don't really yeah. know. Mm-hmm. He you looks know? more like aged than Hohenheim does too. Yeah, yeah. isn't that interesting? Are, like technically identical. Like, mm-hmm. Well, maybe he's been using all his souls or whatever. Yeah. And Hohenheim hasn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. He has made I mean, a bunch he... of uh, Horcruxes. Children. Yeah, Horcruxes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he has. I mean, that that must use his energy because they have mm-hmm. philosopher stones within them. So yeah. like, he's probably mm-hmm. doling out souls all over the place, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And then they keep getting killed. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's running low. I don't know. I guess I assume that that's what he's doing. So yeah, mm-hmm. he does look. Yeah, he looks about right. different than Hohenheim. For sure. And older. In he looks different and older, definitely. Mm-hmm. So Hohenheim probably never used his. I mean. I don't know. He probably never fully used like a soul. Definitely not to the had... extent of. No, not making creating seven philosopher stones with probably hundreds of souls in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Because so. Hohenheim got shot and survived, but I mean that was probably like one time. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. imagine he's he's yeah, not he's putting done, himself like, in like he's dangerous done some situations, alchemy, which in theory probably costs some of the energy, but like. Yeah, he fixed up Izumi. Yeah. Maybe that took a soul. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> half a soul. I mean, that's pretty similar to what Ed did, and he's still alive. Yeah, true. Trees up all of his soul. Yeah, true. So. Yeah, he's probably used some energy here and there, but definitely not to the extent of yeah. what Father's father. presumably been doing. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like this Um, this make or make haste, make haste, the final day is mm-hmm. almost here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, definitely it, an interesting parallel there, since like... When he was still in the flask, he was kind of like taunting the the king for his for wanting like, immortality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the so, the monkeyless like, in his old age and having a timeline and everything. The homunculus was immortal in the flask, 
mm-hmm. but is no longer immortal with a body, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. At least that's what Probably seemed not like. not the same so way. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he said, make haste faster. My time... My time grows short. So. Yeah, and here he's saying, like, hurry, make haste. The time, the day is coming, or whatever. Yeah. The day is almost here. The final day is almost here. Mm-hmm. Oh, does does Master Master Hawkeye remind you of the king? Is that it? They were kind of decrepit and creepy. It might be with long hair mm-hmm. and whatever. They 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 look kind of similar, but but different. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They both kind of got the crazy eyes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it also reminds me of the doc, the creepy doctor. The creepy doctor also has crazy eyes. So. Yeah. And is decrepit, old and decrepit. Just thought. <laughs> anyway, I don't have anything to say except I'm question mark, excited question mark to see Kimberly carve <laughs> into a, a crest of blood at Briggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Kimberly's weird and creepy. It's fine. <laughs> I like that <laughs> pride kind of scared, like threatened him. That's uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I got two things to say. Two things? Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. One of them is very short. And <laughs> I, we just didn't really talk about second Al. Oh, you mean like his... Oh, right! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You mean the guy the guy playing him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was funny. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's nothing really to say other than it's, it's like, entertaining. Wait for me, big brother. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Kimba looks back and it's like WTF. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a little like wobbly like walk in yeah. the archive. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second one is not full metal related at all, but just uh-huh. um. So I have a confession to make. Uh-huh. I haven't seen very many Studio Ghibli films. What? What's wrong with I know. That's fine. I'm I just know. kidding. So I'm on a I'm on a mission to watch more. Uh-huh. And yesterday I watched Castle in the Sky. Oh, that's good. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was really great. <laughs> it's good. Uh, oh, we watched it because it's, it's on HBO. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they only have the English dub or maybe they have the Japanese dub as a separate like movie or a and, separate like thing. a separate movie that you have to like, yeah, click on. Mm-hmm. But I was really pleased with the English dub of that. It was it was they, a very fulfilling experience. I don't know. They tend to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, and Disney well, did a lot of the Studio Ghibli dubs for a while. So they, mm-hmm. you know, did they definitely all the new ones. I don't know if they did Castle in the Sky, and yeah. they redid and that one. A bunch. That one was mm-hmm. that was, and maybe that's what it is. Is maybe it's a redone version, yeah. but um, it was well because like when I think of like anime from that era, it <laughs> the 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 dubs are usually pretty bad. I bet you Castle in the Sky and, wasn't dubbed until later. Yeah, probably did. It might be something like that. Yeah, I don't know, but um it was it was it's very nice. Time. I I recommend I recommend it because it was good. All of them are good. And um Yeah, this is the dub produced by the Disney company. Disney. It was recorded in 98 and planned for release in 99, oh. but the release was okay. canceled after Princess Mononoke didn't do well. Didn't oh. Well, so it was released eventually and on DVD in like the early two thousands, but it was recorded in nineteen ninety eight. That's interesting. Okay. One thing that I find interesting is like the version of the version of um, my neighbor Totoro that we watched as kids, like on VHS, was it is a different dub than the current one. Mm -hmm. That was Mm. they have like Dakota Fanning and Elle Fanning or the daughter, the kids, the girls. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I remember it being a different dub as a child. Mm. Yeah, there's a couple of those ones. Yeah. Done by a different company before the uh, Disney deal. Yeah. And then Disney did like all the rest, I think. Significant mm-hmm. amount of them and redid them. Yeah. 
I think 50. my favorite dis- my favorite Ghibli movie is Coco Rosso. Mm. You should watch that. Mm-hmm. Just saying. <laughs> well, uh, I think we're our, our plan is to go in order of release. Oh. But we watched Nausicaa recently, which I think was the very first one. And then, so we watched this, and then next is The Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, good luck with seen, that. <laughs> we've seen recently enough that we're like, okay, not I yet. I refuse to watch it we again. Can... <laughs> I don't like being sad. I... Yeah. It was, it, it. it was really good. Very oh, sad. Oh, it's good. I, but... I, I think I want to watch it, just not yet. <laughs> Give it a couple more years, and maybe I'll rewatch it. But What you should watch is, you'll you'll get to The, the Wind Rises, which I think has uh, more World War II stuff in it. So. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, yeah, as... It's just I don't know. I know I know those those movies tend to be very good, and it it was. Yeah. And I I don't have a whole lot to say about it. But <laughs> I want to bring it up. Okay. Do you have any more things to say about FMA? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> I want to mention. I just like the um the little memories that Ed has before he like. Oh yeah. Kind of mm-hmm, like pulls mm-hmm. himself together to do the. I was like, oh, he has a memory of Risa. I mean, it's just <laughs> saying to for the people that. You live for the people that you love, but I was like, "Oh, Risa, yeah. that conversation mm-hmm. impacted him a lot, mm-hmm. and it was cute." Yeah, yeah, and I like how the last ones of the like the promise of me and he like of course. what he says when he like gets himself back up is like, "I can't let people cry over me yet." Like, yeah, yeah, yet, <laughs> yeah, it was good. It would have been easy for him to just die, I guess, but yeah, <laughs> he was motivated. <laughs> His motivation helped it's him. A, is what I'm saying. It's much easier to die than to not die when you have a. <laughs> <laughs> big metal beam in your side <laughs> I mean obviously I'm just saying <laughs> yeah it was cute yeah. and Al being like we're gonna get our bodies back to normal it's like mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. gotta stay alive for the people he loves mm-hmm. not just to kill Kimberly or whatever yeah. uh, then when he's getting up he's like I gotta get that guy like passes out yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and the like uh, Darius and Heinkel are like uh, no bro like yeah. you need to go to yeah. a doctor or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so nothing else to talk about this time? No, I think so. Well, there's one more thing. <laughs> and that's the chapters for next, next time. Yep. That's full metal related, right? It is. <laughs> what are we going to read next week? Next week, we are shaking it up. We're going to read Whoa. 78, 79, and 80. Whoa, that's a lot of chapters. Wow. <laughs> How the fuck are we going to do that? <laughs> well, you guys me, just got to read it. I got some yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have to do the clickety-clackety part. That's the hard yep. part. <laughs> okay, good. Well, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. I'm sure nothing bad will happen as usual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it hasn't been any episodes since our last child dismemberment, so. Yeah. <laughs> Slash rememberment, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grievous harm to a child. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Grievous bodily injury, I think, is sufficient. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We will see you guys next time for that. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Yes, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. pride in the hallway no thankfully there was no light so he couldn't show up did he tell you to carve a crest of blood yeah (laughs) do you have new instructions oh hold on oh no this is my phone saying it's low on battery not an important message um (laughs)
It's Pride texting you to tell you to carve a crest of blood. <laughs> Turnabout Court. Yes. <laughs> Why Phoenix Wright? Is it just because it's named after the protagonist? Is his name Phoenix Wright in uh, yeah, they changed... Japanese too? Uh, it's a different pun in Japanese, but it's oh, okay. the same kind of pun. His name is like... Um... Just like, is what way of Phoenix, something. is Phoenix a, oh, not a, I was yeah. like, is what, yeah. what way is Phoenix right a pun? Like, he's right? Well, it's because, yeah, the pun is that, like, um, like, you can do it it's the same kind again? of joke, because they have, like, like, when people are talking to him, they'll be like, oh, Naruhodo, Naruhodo, uh-huh. and stuff, and so they mm-hmm. have it in the same kind of thing, where they're like, right, right, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. um, the series is pretty good, it's a very punny series in Japanese, and the translation does a really good job of maintaining mm. the it's a level of punniness. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. those. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played it in a long time, but it was good. Yeah, they're really good. I like them. Uh, Ryuchi, so oh. which is like a dragon related, so it's got the same kind of like mm. mythical creature, situation. mythical creature rising mm. from the ashes kind of implications to it. Mm-hmm. There's stage plays of Phoenix Wright. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's, there's a live a action movie, of, a series of musical <laughs> stage there's plays, an anime. <laughs> what? I mean, I'm not surprised, but. I'm amused. But yeah, they translated the series to being called Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, which worked until they changed uh, main, main protagonist in one of the games. And then they had to call it Apollo Justice Ace Attorney. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's just called like Turnabout Court in Japanese. So. Mm. Yeah, I just read like Turnabout Transmutation Circle and started giggling. And then I was like, <laughs> I wonder if it's the same word. And it was. <laughs> Good. That's a word you'll definitely be able to use in everyday conversation in yes. Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gemini well, season, I would expect guys. nothing I mean... less. <laughs> and go get your stars off of your Animal Crossing. Beaches. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I haven't played Animal Crossing in a long time. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. It's cute though. Yeah, it's like through no fault of the game. Just <laughs> it's just that I have other life. things. I, to, I just can't play a video game for two hours every day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could, but I wouldn't. I have other. I have other things that I need to do, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, I want to. <laughs> I'd like to just have a really great Animal Crossing island, but unfortunately I need money for cat food, so. <laughs> In the island, or? <laughs> <laughs> to feed your cat villagers. Yeah, to feed my cat villagers. I was going to say, not to feed my cats. <laughs> I need my I need bells to buy hamsters to give my hamster villagers, because that's a thing that you can do. And then or you can like... fish up frogs and give them to your frog villagers. Yeah, then they'll eat them or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I gave an octopus to my octopus villager. And he's probably like, sounds cool. Mm -hmm. I think he joked about eating it, and now he's got it, like, on his uh, counter. (laughs) They they never eat them. They're just always in their house. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always, like, shipping my villagers. Like, I have Hornsby and Meringue. I'm like, oh, the perfect rhino couple. (laughs) It's like, she's all organized and cute, and he's, like, sloppy but nice, and then they would be a good couple. (laughs) This is why we host a shoujo manga podcast also. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. See, we didn't we went two seconds without having a <laughs> a tangent. Anyway. All right. <laughs> let's try. Yeah, let's, let's try, try to start. <laughs> <clears throat>